0: Ah, who says you can't go home? I need a shower. That was a Bon Jovi song I let him do. How about that? Wow, well, wasn't that great? Wasn't that fun today? Well, I love that song. You know, who says you can't go home? And here's a question I've got for you today and for me. Have you ever find, found yourself where you're trying to get home but you found yourself going in the wrong direction. Anybody ever had that? You thought you were headed home, but you realized you were lost and going in the wrong direction. Well, I think most of us have probably had that along the way somewhere in life, and I certainly have. And I remember a time uh, when Becky and I, my wife and I, were on vacation with the boys when they were much younger. And we were down at the beach, and we were coming from Wilmington, and we were headed to my grandmother's place. And so as we were coming across the Cape Fear River there and trying to get to Highway 17... Um, It really was her fault because I was distracted by her incredible beauty and enamored with this incredibly detailed and gross conversation that we were having about something, and and I missed the exit. So as I went down the exit, I mean, no big deal. I'm a man. I can figure this out. I mean, and so, uh, you know, I thought, well, we'll just go up here. It's probably an exit pretty quick. We're right out of Wilmington. We'll be able to turn around. There wasn't an exit. And so immediately she began to give the advice like, you should stop and ask for what, ladies? Wrong answer, wrong answer. Listen, I live my life like an ape, or more like an orangutan the way I'm built, but look, I, I wanna be lord of the jungle, right? I wanna be lord of the jungle like Tarzan, and I don't remember Tarzan as he's swinging from tree to tree, being lord of the jungle, stopping to ask which tree to swing to, right? So I'm trying to go down, like she's telling me to stop, and I'm like, look, I've got this. You know, it went that way, so if I find the exit, I'll go right, and I'll go in the same direction, and I'll hit the road, so we kept driving. And I mean, we kept driving. There was literally no exit. And finally, we found one, I thought, I've got this. I know which tree to swing to. I'm headed right. So I began to go right, and then we began to drive for a long way. And there was nothing but swamps and pine trees. And finally, I saw a store. And she was still talking. And so I said, I'm pulling in. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm getting a moon pine and of Coke. I'm stopping for a soda. I'm really going to get some directions because I'm lost at this point. And so I went in kind of for confirmation thinking I certainly I'm going to ask this guy, "Hey, if I keep going down this road, I'm going to get to Highway 17." And I said, "Well, that take me there." And he said, "Oh, no. You are in the wrong direction. You got to go back the way that you have come, you know." And I had to go turn around. Oh, she never let me forget that. And we lost about an hour of drive time because of my misnavigation there trying to be lord of the jungle, you know. And here's the deal. We all find ourselves, at times in life, going in the wrong direction, don't we? You know, we find things that all of a sudden something's not working in our life. And maybe it's like, you know, we get in a financial bind and we've been, you know, spending more than we've been earning and we begin to get this debt and the stress of that. And all of a sudden we begin to realize, wait a minute, I've got to do something different here because going in this direction financially is not working. Or maybe it's something in a relationship. And all of a sudden, you know, relational issues start showing up and we begin to think, oh my goodness, you know, why are we butting heads all the time? Why are we having these issues? What's creating all this? And so we realize, you know, if we don't do something quickly, the relationship will end, we're going in the wrong direction. And there's so many things that happen like that in life where we just realize because we're bumping up into issues or maybe we're bumping into difficult consequences created by our decisions that all of a sudden we realize, look, that's a wrong direction. And here's the deal, when we find ourselves going in the wrong direction, what we need is a what? It's a change of direction, that sometimes you just have to turn the car around in life and you have to start going in the opposite direction. And that's what I want to talk about today, because in this series, Small Town, we're looking at this idea of how Jesus' values bring value to life. That when we build our lives on doing life with Jesus, of walking with him, working with him, watching how he does it as we talked last week. We begin to do that and we build our life on a relationship with him first and foremost and then we prioritize the things that he prioritized. It really brings us what we all want in life which is the good life. It brings the best life possible. And today we're gonna talk about that In light of what we learned last week, and let me just say this, if you were not here last week, I really encourage you to go back and watch the message either through the app or on the website because everything is built out of what we said last week. And so I don't have time to go through all that, but I would encourage you to do that. But our series verse comes from Matthew 11, and we're using the message version of the Bible, and I love how he puts this. Because he gives us this great invitation. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out, burned out on religion? Okay, well then come to me. I'm inviting you, Jesus says, to do life with me. Get away with me and you'll recover or you'll find your life. You'll find the good life. For I'll show you how to take a real rest. And here it is. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. For I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I love this passage, and I love this invitation and the potential in it for you and for me, that Jesus invites us to do life with him. He says, look, walk with me. Walk with me and do life with me, and this idea of keeping company with me. And when you walk with me, you can learn to live freely and lightly. And today we're going to talk about what it really looks like to keep company with Jesus. What it really looks like and what it requires to walk with Jesus on a day-to-day level. And what we learn today is it's going to involve us going in Jesus' direction. It's going to involve this thing called yielding our way. Submitting to Jesus and being willing to be obedient to the places and the direction that he calls us in life. But when we do, it brings the best quality of life possible we're going to explain why today and so begin today as we're going to look at this we have to ask the question well what does it look like to walk with Jesus What does it look like if we're going to follow in the footsteps of Jesus and do life with him? Well, one person who understood that very, very well was a guy named Peter. Peter was one of Jesus' disciples, one of his apprentices, and Jesus invited him to follow him and he left his fishing business and did that. He spent three years with Jesus, heard the things that he taught, saw the things that he did, and saw his attitudes and his action, ultimately saw the cross and the empty tomb and it changed his life forever. And when he was preaching to a group of people one day in Acts, he says this about Jesus. This is Acts 10, 38. You know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And I love this. And then Jesus went around doing what? That is bad, weak, come on. And doing what? Good, yes. And healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I've always loved that little phrase. That Jesus went about, or he went around doing Now think about your life, and I'll think about mine, and when we depart from this earth, I would, you know, think that would be a great thing that people would say about us, that, you know, George, Sally, Sue, Todd, whoever, you know, they really spent their life going around doing good, and indeed Jesus did, and when you begin to look at the lifestyle that he lived, the good that he did revolved around two primary areas, and it's the two areas he told us to focus on in life. He said the most important thing in life is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second one, Jesus said, is love your neighbor. Love the people in your path. And when you see the good Jesus did in life, that's what it was. Because he had an incredible love for Father. Jesus loved his Father. And he said this. I love this. Jesus said this himself in John 6. He said, I've come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. I love this. Don't miss what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, look, I love my father and what I'm doing is I'm living my life to honor my father. And I'm honoring my father by doing what pleases my father. And in life, you know, when we have someone that we appreciate, someone that we love, don't we do things to honor them? We do what pleases them to honor them, to express that love. That's what Jesus is saying. He's like, I'm not here to call the shots. I'm here to yield to my father, to follow his will, which is that I would lay down my life for the sins of the world on the cross so that people could be forgiven and to be brought into a relationship with God. And see, Jesus operated out of that. He had this incredible love for his Father, but he also operated with love for people. He was always constantly loving people, and we see that all the time. Whether Jesus was teaching, whether he was doing a miracle to meet a need, whether he was encouraging and befriending someone who was an outcast, whether he was helping someone or healing, or ultimately going to the cross and forgiving and saving people, it was all about this love for others. And Jesus said it best. He said, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, think about Jesus's life for a second. When we talk about following Jesus and following in his footsteps, it's this life that went around doing good. It's this idea where Jesus prioritized love for his father and was willing to say, I wanna love my father and love people. And I'm gonna do whatever honors my father and I'm gonna honor him by doing what pleases my father. Surrendering my will, yielding my way, my father now see when you began to look at jesus's life you realize his life stood in stark contrast to the world and the culture around him especially even the religious people the religious folks of the day were list takers and they had these lists and certain things and do's and don'ts but they missed the greater good of loving god and loving people and jesus's life was just this total thing of i'm calling you to love god i'm calling you to love people that's what it looks like to walk with me and there's an interesting pair of verses that when you put them together Uh, from 1 John 2, 6, and from Acts 10, 38. It says that Jesus went around doing good. And then John says this, and this is where we're gonna focus today on 1 John 2. Those who say they live in God, look at this, should live their lives as Jesus did. Now, how did Jesus live his life? He went around doing what? Good, and so for you and I, we're to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, walking as Jesus walked, going around, and doing good. Now, think about that for a second. What does that ultimately require? Well, walking with Jesus requires this thing called obedience. Now, when I say obedience, most of us have a negative view of that, don't we? Because we feel like obedience and rules and directions and things like that are restrictive and oppressive. Agreed? How many of you agree with that? Yeah, we do. We just don't like that. Like, um, how many of you rant about that kind of stuff every now and then? I was ranting yesterday. It's a regular thing at our house, but I was ranting about the state of North Carolina and the car inspection deals, okay? And, and that's because I have a check engine light on my car. And, and see, most of the time, check engine lights have nothing to do with the mechanics of your car in some sensor or something like this, but they won't pass it. And so I told Becky, I said, let me tell you the injustice of this thing. I said, first of all, if it's an environmental concern, the government should set the standards when the car is manufactured. But once the car is manufactured on the market, hands off And if I want to drive it with a check engine light, that is my business, not the state of North Carolina. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. Well, see, you know, a lot of times we look at that, you know, God the same way. We talk about obedience. Sometimes we just have that kind of negative spin, but I'm gonna show you today, man, it's a positive, positive thing. But walking with Jesus really requires it. And Jesus said it best. I love this, how the New Living Translation puts Luke 9, 23. Jesus sat down one day and he said, if any of you, and I love that, that invitation is for anyone, If any of you, if anyone wants to be my follower or my disciple, if you want to walk with me in life, if you want to do life with me, notice, you must give up your what? Oh, we don't even like to say that. You must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and look at this, and follow me, follow in my direction. See, I love that. Jesus is inviting us, but he's calling us very distinctly to follow in his direction. Now, I'm telling you, somebody who really understood this was another follower of Jesus named John. And John was also a disciple. And he, like Peter, walked with Jesus and saw the things Jesus did, heard the things that he taught... And he had all kinds of things to say about what it looked like uh, to follow Jesus. And, and he wrote a little letter called 1 John. It's an original title, right? 1 John and there's Second and Third John, more original titles. But it's a neat little letter that he wrote to some early Christians. And he talks about what it looks like to walk with Jesus and to follow Jesus. And he starts this way in 1 John 1, verse 1 and 2. He says, my dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. In other words, I'm calling you to live your lives obediently following Jesus's direction. Doing the things he wants you to do, avoiding the things he doesn't want you to do. But here's the reality. If anyone does sin. In other words, he's saying, but that's, we're not always going to be perfect with that. Here's the good news. We have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. And now not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. Now, how many of you today, based on your week this week, are thankful for that? Amen, right. Yeah, I mean, because we never get it perfectly. But what he says next kind of scares us a little bit because in verse three, he says this, and we can be sure that we know him, that we are walking with Jesus, that we have a relationship with him if we obey his commandments. And all of a sudden, we're like, I had a Smith Crossroads incident. I had a Walmart checkout incident this week. I, I didn't do well. What does that say about me and-, and Jesus? And then he says this in the next verse in verse four, if someone claims, I know God, I'm walking with Jesus, but doesn't obey God's commandments. That person is a liar and is not living in the truth. Or that person's not walking with Jesus. Now, my goodness, what do we do with that? I mean, is he saying that, like, if we disobey God one time, if we're not perfect with this, that somehow we're not walking with Jesus? Now, understand what he's saying. Because remember the verse we read just a moment ago, verse 1 and 2. He says, look, I'm calling you not to sin, but if you do, in other words, the reality is you won't always get this perfectly. You have the goodness of grace of God to help you get back in the right direction. But he is saying something. here. He's saying the direction of your life, the pattern of your life, though, ought to be in Jesus' direction. You won't always do it with perfection, but you ought to have that direction. Do you get my drift? And he said, and don't kid yourself if you're sitting there saying, woo, I love Jesus, and you're going and living life 180 degrees apart from Jesus, he said, you may need to lean in and think about that. because That's incompatible. And see, I think we've kind of forgotten that sometime in our world today. Because, you know, it's easy to, to focus on Jesus' grace, and we should. His grace and love are everything. And we're a church that's all about that. But remember what it says about Jesus in the Bible, that he is full of grace and full of what? Truth. He's willing to give and extend grace to people, as he did all the time when we read in the Bible. But he always called people, leave that way of sin and follow me. It's a balance of grace and truth and you know sometimes it seems like we've forgotten that and we saw that happen this week in our church um, we had a little kind of weird incident that happened this week where we got a call from the bank and one thing we do at our church um, each of our staff members to do purchases have credit cards and let me explain why not because we put anything on debt because we don't believe in that um, in putting things on credit cards but the bank encouraged us a long time ago said let's get you off debit cards and let's use the um, credit cards because there's protection on it rather than somebody just you know getting your number and draining out your bank account so so we had those and it was a good thing we had that because we got a call from the credit card company the bank this week and said hey did you guys make some charges and they began to read this list of charges that they had caught and stopped which we did not make now here's where it was funny one was from hotwire.com so somebody was planning a trip got a hotel room you know got a couple hundred dollars worth of stuff or a rental car or something and then they went to belks and they spent like six hundred dollars at Belk's I'm assuming buying clothes or whatever you buy at the Belk's and then they went to some cosmetics place and bought a whole bunch of cosmetics. So they were stealing hundreds of dollars from the church and then there was a charge that stood out. It was to a Christian retreat center. Now does anybody see the irony of that? So you're stealing for a living But you're going to the christian retreat center i hope you got saved and met jesus or if not i hope you bought some warm weather clothes at belks because where you're headed it might be hot now we laugh at that but how many times are our lives like that and that's what john is saying he's like look if you're saying you know you're you're loving jesus and if you're and if i'm saying i'm loving jesus but our lives are going in the complete opposite direction he said you know, you need to look at that. And it's not about perfection because we're not always going to be perfect with this, but the direction of our life ought to be following Jesus. See, and that's going to involve obedience. And you know, I'm telling you, I love how Eugene Peterson describes what it means to follow Jesus or what discipleship means. This is his definition. He says, it is a long obedience in the same direction. Isn't that good? It's a long obedience in the same direction. In other words, it's not a perfect obedience, but it is a pattern of obedience that says, I am going in Jesus's direction. And see, we have to understand that we aren't walking with Jesus if we are setting the pace in the direction, are we? And secondly, if we aren't walking in Jesus's direction, then we're not experiencing God's best either. Because what ultimately we learn today is this idea, that walking with Jesus in obedience will always be what's best and bring what's best. I believe this with all of my heart, that when we follow in Jesus' direction, and I don't do it perfectly. You know that. I share those things with you regularly up here. But when we follow Jesus, it is always what is best, and it will bring what is best to our lives, which is ultimately what we want. And so many times we think we're gonna find what's best in life by living our own way and going our own direction, and it does not work. How many of you have learned that at least once? It doesn't work. But it does bring what's best and we're willing to yield to God and walk with him, keeping company with him in his direction. And you see, I want to talk about that today and, and break down this phrase right here. Because I want to talk about uh, how it will be what's best. That obedience really is what's best. And there's two reasons uh, obedience is best. Number one, it's always the right response to God. Because last time I checked, God is God and Todd is not. Agreed? And and, and God is God and you are not. God created the universe. He is the authority and we should yield to that is the right response. It's just like that is the right response toward children, toward their parents. Let me give you young parents and and those parents, you got young kids in your home. Remember, you're in charge. No, you're the authority. Okay, don't let that two-year-old dominate your life, you know. You be the authority there because if they don't learn to live under that authority... They're not gonna respect the teacher's authority. They won't respect a police's authority or or the boss or anyone else, okay? So that's, you know, we have to learn authority in life. And when it comes to God, it's the right response. Do You realize it says one day that every knee's gonna bow, every knee's just gonna bow, nobody's gonna debate anything, it's gonna happen. That's the authority of God. And so for us, it is the right response because God is God. He is the one who sets the standards. He is the one who defines what is right and wrong and he's never wrong, Agreed? And so it's just the right reason for that. But it's also the right reason for this because obedience is an opportunity to demonstrate love and thanks for God. That we have this opportunity in light of what Jesus has done for us, in light of the fact that he invites us to walk with him and is willing to forgive us, that he did everything necessary so that we can walk with him. And he shows us this unconditional love. My goodness, it's just an opportunity to express our love and thanks because God is not just God, because God is so what? Good. And see, John understood that, and so did Jesus. Throw this up here. He says, those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That really, love and obedience are linked. That's what it is. And Jesus said it best. He said, if you love me, do what? Obey my commandments. And in that chapter, Jesus says it like four or five times. It sounds like a broken record. That the proof of whether you really love me is not going to be seen in how enthusiastically you sing. Or how enthusiastically you wear the t-shirt to put the sticker on your car. It's going to be seen in how you live your life and whether it's oriented in my direction or not. And you see, walking with Jesus, it's it's always going to be what's best in light of who God is and in light of his goodness. But here's what I want to land on today. And he said that walking with Jesus in obedience will always bring what is best to our life. Because see, understand what obedience does. It guards and protects. That God's restriction... When God says no to something, it's for our protection. I'm telling you right now, if we would get that rooted in our lives and really believe that, it changes everything. That we really begin to learn that God has our best interest at heart. You see, God's commands, you know, the things he says do this and the things that he says say yes to this and say no to this, those things are not just God sitting up there. Let me see how I can make them jump through some hoops. He's telling the angels, watch what I can make them do. That's not what he's doing. He's not a cosmic killjoy trying to rob us of our fun and, and our life and all that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. no. He's trying to protect us because God's commands, those things are boundaries. They're guardrails. How many of you have ever hit a guardrail? God is your witness. you ever hit one? Yeah, I've hit one. I was rolling one time too hot in my 1987... Primered roof, Honda Civic, with the kayaks on top at Watauga Lake, running late, rolling hot through the turns, and it was raining. And next thing I know, we're going sideways. I prayed like I'd never prayed before. It's amazing what you can pray in those moments when your car is sideways. Agreed? And you're plunging towards a lake. Man, I hit that guardrail. I honestly did not get mad. I can't believe they put the guardrail up. Trying to stop my fun. No, it saved my life. Saved my life. And you see, God's guardrails are the same way. Like when he gives us guardrails for like finances and Jesus talks constantly about money and how to avoid problems with money. The Bible tells us how to avoid debt, how to, how to manage things, how to get the, the money thing right in our life. I mean, Jesus talks about it constantly, but that's not to rob anybody's fun. That's to save us a lot of headache and heartache. Same thing about relationships when it comes to marriage, when it comes to the issues of morality. God puts all that out there because he's like, look, trust me, I know what's best. These are guardrails for your life. And see, the fact of the matter is, you know, we all want God's best, but we always want it on our terms, don't we? You ever think about that? We, we want it on our terms. And I'm here to tell you, we will never experience God's best on our own terms. Now see, that never gets an amen because we don't like that. And we don't really, have the time we push back on that. But I'm telling you, that's what we do. We, we try that constantly. We're like, you know what? I want to steal and go to the Christian Retreat Center. It's going to be a great pattern of life. Now, hopefully you're not doing that, but we do the same kind of thing. We're like, you know, I just, God, I'm smart enough. I'm going to do my own thing. And then we think it's going to work out okay, and it never does because God knows best. It's like that old TV show, Father Knows Best. Our Father in Heaven knows best for us. And that's why the Bible, it's, it's such a practical book. It tells us things about money finances, morality, relationships, attitudes, actions, the heart, all those kind of things, what wisdom is and what wisdom is not. I'm telling you right now, one of the better things we could do coming up this week is just for all of us to read Proverbs. There's a wealth of wisdom in that for life, practical stuff. And see, those things are boundaries and guardrails for us. You know, and I heard an interesting thing this week. You know, people like me who talk for a living up like this need to listen to people too. You know, I try to listen to myself, but that's really disturbing it's like that video of me earlier. I have this giant head and this little body. It's disturbing. But, but I, have to, I have pastors that I listen to too. And so I've regularly, every week, I've got people I download podcasts from and I listen to. And Andy Stanley is one of my favorites. And I was listening to him this week. And he said something remarkable that just really stuck with me. And he was talking about kind of the same issue about guardrails and whatnot. And he said this. He said, you know, at our church, we find when somebody comes to us in crisis and says, I need to talk with somebody. He says almost every time it's one of two things. It's either going to be about sex or it's going to be about money. And he says, and the interesting thing is, those are the two areas that we ignore God the most. That's true, isn't it? And you see, that's not a coincidence. We will never find God's best on our own terms. We will never find God's best outside the boundaries. See, we should be obedient to God and follow His direction because it's the best thing to do. It's the right thing to do. It's the appropriate thing to do to God and out of gratitude for the God who changed our lives. But you want the good life and I want the good life and we all do? Oh my goodness. We have to do this because it produces what is best. Because, see, understand this. Obedience over time will produce what's best in our lives. That long pattern of obedience in that same direction consistently over time blesses your life. And Jesus said it best. Keep company with me, and you can learn to live freely and lightly. We don't live freely and lightly when it's us ourselves calling the shots, do we? We think that's freedom, but it always ends in a dead end. But Jesus says, you keep company with me. You keep, you keep walking in my direction. And over time, you're going to see the benefit. See, most of us give up too soon. You ever notice that? We hear something taught or we read something and all of a sudden we're like, well, I tried it once. My marriage wasn't fixed. Well, it took years to get into that mess. It's going to take more than one act of obedience to get out. Agree? Agree? But see, that's, that's the microwave America. we got to have it now in two seconds strategy. Obedience over time, walking with Jesus in that consistent direction. We won't do it perfectly, but having that pattern, that direction, it really blesses and protects our lives. Because remember, walking with Jesus in obedience will always be what's best and it will bring what's best. Always, always, always. And you know, what we need to do today as we think about this and, and how this lands with us is we need to do what Jesus wants us to do. And look what he says again. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Okay, Jesus, if I'm gonna walk with you, work with you, watch how I do it. If I'm gonna live my life in a a pattern, in a direction, so I can experience what's best, so I can respond to you the way that I should because you're God and you're good. Okay, what does that look like? What do I need to do? Well, if we're gonna follow in the footsteps of Jesus who went around doing good, If we're going to walk as he walked or live as he lived, we're going to have to do what he says and watch how he did it. Now, we are not physically there like Peter and some of these guys were who visibly saw him, but we have a record of what he did right here. Agreed? And if you're a follower of Jesus and I'm a follower of Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit in us. And so God directs us in life. And so what we always need to do is two things. We need to look to Jesus and look at our own lives. In other words, we look to Jesus and we look at where he's leading. We look at the life that he lived and what he calls us to do and how he calls us uh, to live our lives. And and when we look and we say, well, am I lining up to that? God, am I honoring that? Am I following in your footsteps or am I doing my own thing? It's like, you know, many times people will catch me in the lobby and they will say things like that. That one stepped on my toes. It's Like, that's not my business. I had nothing to do with that. That's what God does. God knocks, sometimes he shouts. Have you ever had God do that, get your attention that way? And God will say, look, this is not lining up in your life. I love you. I want something better for you. And so look to me and look at your life and then be willing to do the next part, which is the work. It is work that we're gonna move in his direction, that we listen to Jesus. And the reason I say it's work is this idea. Because setting yourself aside putting God first, yielding our way. Is that not work? Does that not take effort? Or do everybody find that easy? Are we preaching on, we're preaching on dishonesty next week in pride, right? <laughs> it's not easy to always do that. But that's the work. When Jesus says, walk with me and work with me, he's like, don't resist me and where I'm leading you. Don't resist my direction in your life, embrace it. And it may not be easy. It may not be the popular thing, but it is the best thing. And so be willing to work with me. And so as you're watching how I do it, you're listening to me. You're listening to my guidance. You see things in the Bible that say go right or or go left. You're willing to say, all right, I'm willing to do that, God, because my life's not lining up there, but you're calling me to do it. And so I'm going in your direction. And when we begin to do that, that's when we're walking ultimately with Jesus. And what's cool about that is this. There is such confidence and peace and security that come from that. One thing at the ripe old age of 48 at this point, headed on 49, is that I have complete confidence that when God tells us to do something or not do something, that that is the best thing that I can do. Now, I do not bat a 1,000. Is that what they say in baseball? I always mess, mess these, these sports metaphors up. But you know, I am not perfect at that, at doing that. But I honestly, do, at this point in my life, have complete confidence that what God calls us to do is the best thing to do. You know, I want to be able to do better with it with God's help, and God does give us the help to do that. But I love the fact that it brings such confidence to know that if God says, you know what, that attitude's got to go, Todd, Uh, you know, this has got to change here in your life, man, you know, you need to check that. That's something you need to look at in your heart. That I know, you know what, he's doing that out of love, and that's the best thing that I can do. And see, if you and I would if we would all begin to operate from that, that really God's way is not just what's appropriate, and that should be enough to respond to God in obedience light of someone who died for us on the cross and rose again. But it is also the best way that we can live. It is the best thing that we can do. Because God's truth, man, I'm telling you, it guards our life. It brings and produces what is best. When we begin to do that, watching how Jesus did it, learning how he did it, and beginning to willing to say, okay, God, if you're calling me to do this, if you're calling me to stay away from that, you're calling me to embrace this, I'm willing to do what you say because it's what's right it's what's best, and I'm going to follow in your footsteps, even if it's hard to do. I'm telling you, that's what it looks like to walk with Jesus. And I want to ask two questions as we wrap this up today, two questions. Throw this on the screen here. Where in our lives are we not walking in Jesus' direction? Now, don't point at me and tell me where I'm not walking. I'm going to, I know where it is in my life. I'm asking you. Ask that question. Don't ask, I'm not asking it to the person beside you because that's our temptation, isn't it? Well, I know where George isn't walking right. He won't ask for directions or whatever, you know. And, and, you know, well, yeah, I know where Sue, my goodness. Yep, 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 gossiping all the time. Yep, she, I hope she's listening. I hope she's listening. I hope the young people are listening. That's what we, are, we tend to do, right? I, I'm asking you to ask that question as I've asked it in my life this week. You know, where in our lives are we not walking in Jesus' direction? And here's the follow-up. What steps do we need to take to start moving in his direction? direction. What's the step? And so if it's something that God is showing us about a relationship, about some issue, uh, I, who knows, an attitude or action, you know, what is that step that, you know, God, you're, I've been resisting that and I'm willing to kind of move in your direction. What is that? thing? And everybody's got something like that. Everybody's got that little catching point. Sometimes we have those things we stumble over our whole lives. And, but, but what step, what thing do we need to do Today, not what thing does somebody else need to do, but what do we need to do to move in Jesus's direction. And I would just encourage you as I'm encouraging myself, do whatever it takes to make the turn. It's like in life, we always get turned around. And sometimes we find ourselves going in the wrong direction and our loving God shows us that out of love, not out of meanness. He says, hey, you're going in the wrong direction and that's headed in a place you don't want to go. So come back home to me. And see, the good news, Bon Jovi was actually right. I hate to say it, but you can go home. You can change that direction with Jesus, can't you? Go back to the verse we shared earlier. Here it is. My dear children. Whose children? God's children. Your family. I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin, but the reality is if anyone does sin, we don't always get it perfect. We have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He's Jesus, Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. See, God in his grace and his forgiveness and his love always requires us to say, hey, just turn around. Start moving in my direction. I'll give you the help. Rely on me to make the change. I'll walk with you through it. But just come on, come do life with me. Come do life with me. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. My goodness, is there any greater invitation in life? So today I challenge you today because you're smart people. I consider myself sort of smart. But you're smart people. What is that thing that's out of direction in life? And and what is the step that you need to take, the step that I need to take to move in God's direction? Because there's no greater joy than doing life and walking with Jesus. And I marvel at that when I read the Gospels you imagine what it must have been like for Peter and Andrew, and James, and John for to spend day after day for three years just walking with Jesus? I think that would be kind of cool. And I, I look forward to the day we, we, we get to heaven. There's this real place. I believe in it. And, uh, and, and hopefully the person with the credit card's going there. But, uh, but you know, we're going to be there one day. And we'll literally be with Jesus face to face. That kind of gets my attention. I have no idea what that's going to be like. I don't think he wears a blue sash and a white robe. I like the Sunday school pictures, but anyway, he's gonna be awesome. Agreed? We had the opportunity, though, to walk with Jesus even the here and now and walk in his direction. And you know, are we really walking with someone if we're going in the opposite direction? If I were to invite you out today to go hiking and you get there and you say, okay, I'm going south, I'll go north, I'll see you. We may both be walking, we're just not in the same direction. So, where are we in our direction with Jesus? Are we walking toward him or kind of walking in our own beat, on our own pace, our own direction? Let's just take the step today to move in its own direction. And for some of you, the step may be it is time to receive Christ as your Savior. You've never made that step. We had several people in our church, I think four last week, make the step to follow Jesus. Hey, you can do that today. Invite Christ to forgive you. Say, God, I want to move in your direction. I need to be saved. And God will grant that. You can do that today. For others of us, maybe it's something that's sinful. And we need to confess that and say, God, help me to change. Whatever the step is, let's make it today. Will you bow your heads with me today? If you're here today and you'd like to invite Christ as your Savior and Lord today, uh, as every head's bowed and every eye's closed, just pray the prayer like this. Mean it from your heart. It's not magic words. It's the intent of your heart. Lord God, I know I'm a sinner, and I need a new start. I need to be forgiven, and I believe you're the only one who can forgive me and set me free. Jesus, here and now, I believe that you died and rose again for me so that I might live. And I invite you to be the Lord and Savior of my life, and I commit my life to you every head bowed and every eyes closed if you prayed that prayer today for the first time uh, would you slip your hand up we won't embarrass you we'd love to pray for you going forward in the week anybody make that decision today now for those of us today who maybe we need a decision we need to make that decision to move in his direction and maybe there's an area in our life that needs to change if that's us today would you just slip your hand up today is there something that needs to change an attitude jesus is showing us something we need to move in his direction awesome well let's just ask for god's help in that today father As we sit here today, we know there are things in our life that aren't in your direction. And thank you for in love showing us and calling us from that, calling us to something better. Father, give us the power to forgive us, but the power to enable us to move in your direction. Thank you, Jesus, for not giving up on us when we don't get this perfectly. Thank you for loving us regardless. And Father, it's my prayer as we go from this place today that we would go with the assurance and the confidence that your way is truly 100% the best way that we can live. It's the best way to relate to you in light of who you are, but also it's the best way to live to experience your best and your fullness. And so Lord, we just thank you so much for your goodness today. Thank you for your love and thank you for the life that you live. And as we walk from this place today, may we follow in your footsteps, walking with you, working with you, watching how you do it and living life, building life on the important things of loving you, honoring you with our lives and loving the people on our path. And, Father, for that, we know that will produce the best life. And we ask this prayer today in Jesus' name. Amen.